What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Cooperators Reviewers Couch. I am one of your hosts, Ben. I am joined by the man with the best glasses in the world, Mr. Gabe. Hello. <laughs> one day I'm going to get you. You're not actually going to laugh. I'm going to be really upset. Oh, my God. I'm not even wearing the, the bubbles glasses. Yeah, why aren't you wearing the good glasses? Well, I guess you're wearing still pretty good glasses. These are good glasses. They're just the ones that I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin with right now. Yeah, that's totally fair. We, this week, we are very excited. We are doing the first episode of Picard for the Picard cast. And I am a pig in shit with this. Because oh, I, I am so excited. We, this is actually a time in which I can actually pretend like I know what I'm talking about. And when I say pretend, I, like, out of a scale of one to ten, ten being, like, expert, one being, like, oh, what's happening, Witcher? Uh, it would be, like, I'm, like, a hard four. That's all? Yeah. Oh. I think so. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I went back, I, I watched Star Trek Nemesis. Yeah. I watched the series finale of Star Trek Next Generation. I watched... No, that was it. Okay. Yeah. So that's on me. I'm at a four. Yeah. I, I know enough. Uh, I just finished... So I, I watched Next Generation from when it first came out. Yes. Like, I was pretty young, but I watched it all. Cool. And over the... Since... We were doing this over the last two weeks. I've binged through the first six seasons of the Next Generation. Of the Next Generation, I'm wow. on the last season, um, but I did watch Nemesis for the first time today. It was good. Are you not blown away by the fact that that's Tom Hardy? Yeah, a little bit. Like, homie changed. Oh yeah, like a lot. Yeah, like it was good though. Oh, I was like, I thought it was about the Borg and stuff. It was. I was like, what? What is that? No, it was interesting. Um. Yeah, it was so, really like, Data cool. died. Oh, spoilers! By the way, spoilers for the first three seconds of the show. I mean, it was shot in two thousand and nine, but yeah. Um, but in the first th three seconds of Picard, you learn. That yeah, died. you do realize that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, it, what, what I love about well, I guess we, we yeah. shouldn't jump right into it yet. Yeah. But anyways, we're excited. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. This is uh, something I'm I've I was very on the fence about because I don't know if it was going to be good, mm -hmm. and we'll I guess we'll talk about it like yeah. the history of putting this series together has been tumultuous at best mm -hmm. and a lot of people have come out saying it ain't that good and i mean i reserve the right to judgment until we finish the whole series mm -hmm. or season um and then go from there yeah so if you don't know on the cooperators reviewers couch gabe me and sometimes a, a guest or two yeah uh will come in and we will talk about a show episode by episode uh, so we started with The Mandalorian, we went on to The Witcher for a special two-part episode, yeah. uh, and now we are on to Picard for the next ten weeks, Gabe. I'm excited. Well, I guess maybe 11, we'll do a, probably a wrap-up again. We'll do a wrap-up again, one of us might get sick, Yeah, you, know, you never know. I might break my toe again, you again, never know what can yeah. happen. Um, so we will go through one by one, mm -hmm. give a little analysis, some thoughts about it, we'll do a plot recap, mm -hmm. we will, yeah get into our real thoughts about it and be really honest about it. Mm -hmm. um, I know we were up and down about The Mandalorian. I really hope that this stays up because this episode was great for me. Mm -hmm. um, you can catch us on social media. Uh, all those links will be down in the description. Um, yeah. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Hell yeah. We are also... Uh, you can also reach us by email if yeah. you have any comments, any questions about the show, about us. Yeah. And we'll try and read those on air. And you can reach us at... The Cooperators Entertainment at gmail.com for that. Oh, I like that. That was really good. Yeah, great, great. My initial impression of this episode was it was great. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. It's a good setup. Yeah, I 
I don't know what I was expecting going through Star Trek again, but it exceeded any expectation I could have had. Mm-hmm. I think that it really brought you back in a good way and not so not a super fan service way. Like, you could not have watched The Next Generation and probably jumped right into this. What I like about it so far, no time travel. So <laughs> That's true. I'm into it. But also the um, the synchronicity with the chronology of the show, which I really enjoy. Like, we're taking place, like, approximately 20 years after 18. Nemesis. 18 years after Nemesis. Yeah. But we're also taking place right at the cusp of the first Star Trek reboot movie. Mm-hmm. So the explosion happens, and now we're seeing the other side. So Kirk and his ship, apparently, like, they get they go into time, and then they get J.J. Abrams messed up. Apparently, this is what I read. And yeah. then now what we're seeing is the other side of that. Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they're doing it that way, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm excited to learn more about, like, the stuff that happened on Mars and, like, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. And I do, like, I'm not usually crazy about exposition, but I like the way that they did the exposition with the interview and stuff and, like, yeah. told us kind of, like, what he's been up to for the last 18 yeah. years. The thing for me about it is, is I totally agree with you. It was done very well. My worry is that it's a pilot and so you're going to put out the best material for the pilot to make sure it gets picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, they really set it up quite well. Yeah. Spoilers, I've read some reviews. Actually, I've only read positive things. That's good. That's really um, good. But a lot of them have also seen the first three episodes and like, just wait, it only gets better. And I'm oh, like, great. thank gosh. Cause, but yeah. I'm also worried because the Mandalorian first three episodes, amazing. Amazing. Next couple, not so I'm good. I'm going to be honest <laughs> with you. If there's a bottle episode in this sucker, I'm going to really, I'm going to... If they throw another planet at me, I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm i very excited about the whole thing. Should we just break down the episode then? Should we yeah. do the episode recap? Ban episode recap. I thought you were going to do like the teleporter sound and be like, here's oh. the recap. Oh, okay. Oh, hold wait, on. Let me do that. Wait, wait. wait. Beep, beep. One for recap. Oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, try it again, try it again, try it again. Do the beep beep. Do the beep beep. beep. <laughs> oh my god. This is only going to get worse from here, guys, but here we go. This guy actually got a little longer recap for this. I love, uh, yeah, you kind of have to. Yeah. Also, every time you say number one, I'm going to cry. Oh, number one. Um, all right. So we start this episode uh, just the way that many Next Generation episodes seem to be uh, start at the poker table. Yeah. With Picard and Data playing a game of cards, we quickly learn that this is a dream, though, and but more of a nightmare, as the world behind them, the Mars, as well as the ship, explode. Mm-hmm. Picard, we learn that Picard is retired and living at uh, Chateau Picard in France, which is first introduced actually in season four in the episode Family, when we meet, when we meet his brother. We then do a quick shift over to Boston, or New Boston, uh, where a girl and her boyfriend are ex- 
celebrating her acceptance into school for a very impressive school study, which I do not remember what it was. It was, uh, it was like something engineering. It was like a yeah. specific type of engineering. But like super like fancy. But it was like, yeah, because he even says like, oh, I don't even know if I can be dating sit with you, you anymore. I don't know if I can sit with you. Yeah, I don't know if I can sit with you. Yeah. You're in the cool kids table now. Yeah. Uh, but before the celebration can really start, and we all know what that means. They're going to spend the night together. Boom. Oh, no, uh, in this case, they're going to upload the files. Oh, that's a good one. All right, we'll uh, you know that. what? I can't take credit for that. We have to give that one to C.K. McCutcheon. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. And what does C.K. stand for? Chronic. Chronic. Kong. Chronic, chronic. But with well, has a K in it. Oh. <laughs> I like that. I like um, that. I like that. But before they could upload the files... Yeah. Uh, a group of hooded figures attacked the young woman, uh, who we will eventually learn name is Dodge. Yeah. Uh, and her boyfriend is promptly murdered by the assailants. Not just, like, any old type of, like, phaser blast kill. No, like, a knife. A knife! Who uses a knife? I don't know, dog, but I gotta tell you, the sound effect, the gore, the makeup, yeah, it was intense. Yeah. It was a rough way to go. Uh, suddenly finding superhuman strength and abilities and fighting power, uh, Dodge is able to fight off the attackers, murdering them all. Yeah, also... In a very intense fight. But great acting, too, because you can see afterwards just that, that transition of, like, what happened. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. This is also better fight choreography than I, you've ever seen in any of the Next Generation uh, episodes. I would say it's, it's, like, on scale with Witcher. Yeah. Like, Witcher was better. Yeah. But this was good. This is very John Wick- Type yes. fighting, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We transfer back to Picard as he is under the care of two Romulans, Laris and Zaban. Um, Picard gives his first ever television interview where his report, the reporter kindly uh, reminds ev- us of what he's been up to over the last 18 years. Yes. But he's, he's written books. Yeah. He became an admiral. Mm-hmm. Um, he quit Starfleet. Man, you gotta love you gotta love that exposition that's added in there. Just like it gives you everything you need, but in like a two minute time frame. So this is super short too. Like that dialogue yeah. is very short, and yes. it's also the way it's done is not in a way of like beyond. It's not. It's not gross. It's exactly what an interview would be like if a TV interviewer was doing something like yeah, this. Yeah, you, we're just playing catch up. We're yeah, just, like we're falling back into it. Yeah. In the interview, we learned that Picard has. Uh, pushed the Federation to assist Romulans, uh, whose home planet was about to be destroyed by a sun uh, that was going supernova, as seen in the J.J. Abrams uh, feature-length reboot in 2009, Star Trek. Um, The Romulans were uh, the Federation's oldest enemy, and many of the Starfleet disagreed with Picard uh, in his wanting to assist them. Here is a departure from the next generation in the show. Starfleet is often painted as an unflinching... Uh, force for good and what's right in the world mm-hmm. and making sure people are saved but it seemed like they were really not like they didn't want to help at all yeah. even though these people were calling for help after nemesis where they kind of had that tentative agreement to try and mend ties and that kind of thing yeah it was yeah it was uh, great it was the interview did such a good job of getting us back up to mm-hmm. speed uh but the notion that it would uh not help save the inhabitants of the entire planet and just let it be out, uh, wiped out was unthinkable, enemy or not, to the original Federation, but they were really ready to do it. So it kind of showed that Starfleet had changed, and we get kind of that as we go on. Yeah. Um, 
Initially, the Federation did not assist Romulus, but Picard led an armada... Uh, sorry, did assist Romulus, and Picard even led an armada of fairy, to ferry Romulans beyond the supernova's reach. But at some point, a group of androids went rogue uh, during this time and destroyed the Utopia Plan Planetea, um, as well as some of the armada of the Starfleet. Yeah. Uh, the android androids were then subsequently banned in the aftermath, and Starfleet quit their rescue efforts, uh, much to Picard's chagrin. Um, this is very interesting because it's kind of showing that he lost faith, and this was like that organization that he protected, like no matter what. He even says it too. Yeah. He's like Starfleet is not Starfleet anymore. Yeah. And I, when that happened, I was like, mm, been there, honey. Yeah, so Picard quits the Starfleet as soon as uh, soon after, uh, because he says to a very annoying reporter in anger, Starfleet was no longer Starfleet, and that yeah. is such a good line. Great line. It's very relatable, I think, to anyone who's um, fallen into disenchantment of something they were super excited about, and you could see it. And again, sets it up in such a strong way yeah. for the rest of the show. Oh, yes. All right, so we go back to Dodge, who shows up to uh, the Picard uh, farm, or the I guess it's a, not a plantation. It's I think a, what is it? It's 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 uh, a wine farm. It's yeah, it's called Picard something though. It's like Chateau, Chateau, Chateau yeah. Picard. Chateau Picard. <laughs> Chateau Picard. Um, and there we meet the best character of the whole show. Number one. Number one. Who's this dog? Oh, uh, like okay, sorry. I gotta be honest with you. If you're William Raker, I would be choked. But every, no, number one is not just Riker. It's just whoever it's the has, ra is his rank. But yeah. like, I still would be choked because like throughout the whole series of Next Generation, number one is Riker. Riker. But now that it's his dog is number one, I just I loved it and yeah. also loved the breed of the dog. Loved everything about that dog. If they don't make that dog a part of this fucking show, I'm sure it will. They better make it like yeah. the heart of this show. Yeah. Because if I don't see that dog in space, I'm gonna be pissed. I don't think you're gonna see the dog in space, bud. I'm pissed. <laughs> I need to see more of that number one. Um, so, yeah, Dodge shows up, much to Picard's confusion, but uh, uh, Picard immediately embraces her, really. Um, because of number one. Yeah. Fucking number one number knows one, what's up. Yeah. He's like, he even says, he's like, oh, if number if you were dangerous, number one would have would have saw to that. And I'm like, yeah, number one. Yeah, so this in, this interaction with Dodge is very interesting because it really speaks to who he was in the TV show. Yes. Really. Yeah. Um, he was really generous and had like kind of a sixth sense about when people were lying. And no matter how outrageous or unbelievable the lie, like the mm -hmm. truth was, he, if he could tell, if you were telling the truth, he would believe you. Mm -hmm. But also even the line that Dodge says to him too is so... It's not eerie. It's just, it just again sets sets up the show. Like yeah. you know me. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm like, what? And it's like, yeah, it's like I know you, and yeah. I've always known you. It's like, well, that's kind of weird. That's hardcore. Makes sense. Which um, brings me to a theory I have, but we'll get to it later. All right. Um. So after um, after another dream about data, um, painting in the orchard. That's what it's called, not a farm, an orchard. Um. Picard goes back to Starfleet to check uh, the archives of uh, what the painting was. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, he says that great line. Or, do you want to finish it? Data says, oh, yeah. yeah oh, says, do you want to? Yeah. 
Um, and he says he doesn't know how. He doesn't know how. And he's like, you do. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh buckle up, baby. Um, also, I really liked the AI in the archives who tried to make a joke. Yeah. And Picard was just like, don't, don't quit, quit your, your day, day job. job. It's like a classic Star Trek line, too, of him yeah. and his humor. Just like, oh, don't quit your... Oh, I, I don't know why I can't do a Captain Picard accent. I'm going to get to it by the end of episode four. I okay. will rock a Picard accent. All right. I have faith. I don't. Well, I do. I could. Uh, seeing the painting uh, that Data made years earlier, um, he could see that it's Dodge in the painting. And the painting is titled... Daughter. Mm. Mm. Ah! Oh, jeez. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Picard knew the truth, uh, and... Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, Picard knew the truth, uh, and that Dodge was not human, but it was an android, um, created by Data or using Data's, uh, memories. And this, to me, is where the show really kicks it into high gear of, like, understanding that Jean-Luc Picard is not the same Jean-Luc Picard in Star Trek The Next Generation. And so, instead of being an action, uh, protagonist, like a, like a, like the muscle, Instead, the the uh, to me the heart of what John Luc Picard was, even in Next Generation, wasn't the fighting that he did. It was the fact that he was an excellent diplomat, um, an excellent strategist, mm -hmm. and more importantly, um, an intellectual. Yes. And a humanitarian. Yeah. And the way he clues in on this, dials in, and tells Dodge exactly what you just said, um, is like I'm like, oh, there he is. There's yeah. My boy. Yeah. So learning this, uh, to Picard, Dodge is every bit deserving of empathy as Data was because she's so advanced as a android, but also as a person. And the and the last and only. Yes. Of of that kind of synthetic, at least as far as we know. Yeah. So meeting back up with Dodge somehow as she had this weird call with her mom. Again, so weird. It's so good though. And she like goes through all of like. The data of, like, all of the back end of... Pun intended. Mm, uh, of Starfleet and finds him uh, and realizes that he is at the capital. Yeah. And just the way the mom delivers the line. Again, more questions, right? Mm -hmm. Just to say, find Picard. Find Picard. And I'm like, what? Who is she? What's yeah. happening? What the fuck? So me back up with uh, Picard. Um, he decides to tell her the truth about who she is, that she is an android. Um... And as well as talking about Data and Data's uh, painting of her mm -hmm. as daughter. Um, and telling her that Data gave his life for Picard on their last mission. Mm -hmm. um, he then says that, this is a good quote, If you are who I think you are, you are dear to me in ways that you can't understand. That made me cry. And then the next thing he says, which is even more heartbreaking. I know. I will never leave you. I'm just like, oh, when, 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 when the, that moment happened, I was, I was crying. Yeah. I was just, cry I was a yeah. mess. Like, it was just like, oh my gosh. Cause like you could tell that how much he cared about data. He loves data. Yeah. I'm going to cry now. Just thinking, ah, keep going, Ben. All right. Soon after this, they are, uh, they start to be chased down by the same kind of assailants as before, as we learn our Romulan, um, yeah, that was a shock, but also and not after a shock. another like really sweet like John Wick style fight, mm -hmm. uh, she is shot in the face, 
Or kind of. Like, her well, face starts to melt and then the gun explodes. Because it was like an acid spray yeah. thing from the guy's mouth. Yeah. Which I... We're gonna need... I'm gonna need... I'm gonna need to enhance on that one. I think that if you've seen Nemesis, I think it's that green stuff that That's is what used. I thought. Is that stuff, like the nanotechnology. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Theon radiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's what it is. Okay. Um, and it just melted her face because that's what happened to the yeah. people in But the sequence Nemesis. was cool. I really yeah. like the sequence and I like the technology of the flashing back and forth. He just met her and like was already so attached and instantly dies in front of her. Like that is hard to watch. It's at this point where I was really pissed and where I was like, Oh well, this show's going nowhere. Like this show's bullshit now. Like what? 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 How are we gonna carry this show? Like the show to me was like trying to figure out who she is, or like maybe she would disappear or go away, and now she's dead. What the shit? Gabe, keep listening. Oh. The connection with Picard and her, uh, her possibly, sorry, uh, and possibly, uh, uh Data's daughter. It makes this death so tragic. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, having lost Data on Nemesis and then his daughter right away mm-hmm. after meeting her. The end of the episode brings us uh, a next call, next generation callback in reference to Commander Bruce Maddock. Uh, if you remember, is from Measure of a Man, uh, where Data had to fight to prove that he was human. Yes. Or had the same rights as a human and could not be owned as a slave. One of the series, this is, in my opinion at least, one of the series' best episodes because of that exact thing. It was so emotional and yep. very um, very moving. Um, Maddox has now disappeared, but Picard and Dr. Angie... Uh, Played Jirai, by Alison Pill. Yeah. Great, great performance. Oh, yeah. Uh, surmise that uh, he was probably the one who created Dodge as a tribute to Data, and that Dodge was one of a pair because of the double circle necklace. Um, that means Dodge has a sister. There we go. That's how that's how this is staying alive, Gabe. A twin. We're going to go find that sister. You got us a twin situation here. We then move over to Dodge's sister, who happens to be working on a Borg cube, which I was like, what? When that pullout happened, I yelled. I was... I was so confused. As, as many people were. Confused, upset, shook. When I saw that board cube. Which is doubling as something called a Romulan recla- reclamation site. Reclamation site, sorry. Um, yeah. Hopefully we'll learn more about the Borg and the Romulans and how they're going to play into the future of the show. Um, I also imagine that Maddox is going to show up eventually. I think that's probably going to be part of the... Oh. What we're going to do is like search for him. Definitely. Um, yeah, the board cube was confusing. But it wasn't confusing for me. I expected it. Really? Here's why I expected it. Are we gonna? Do we gonna do deep, deep, or do we, do, do we have anything else? Nope. That's it. Okay. That's our. So, that is the summary of the first. So episode. let's let's talk about the Borg thing, and then we'll work our way backwards to the beginning of the episode because I've got a lot of shit to say about All this. Right. So to me, I'm not surprised that the Borg cube is there because of Jean Luc's relationship with the Borg. And for those who um, may not know a heck of a lot about the Next Generation, Jean Luc Picard. Um, uh, encounters the Borg, and the Borg are basically this huge allegory for, uh, I want to say, like, mediocrity. Yeah. Not just mediocrity, but like a passivity uh, of one collection. Some would say that Gene Roddenberry was, like, very anti-communist, 
And so a lot of the time the board represented communism to some degree of some political spectrum mm-hmm. or another. But like essentially the Borg have, it's a hive mind. There's one kind of um, entity. In this case, it was the queen. We find out later on in Star Trek first contact. Mm-hmm. And even before then too, I think where we meet the queen yeah. um, where she runs the show and she controls the hive mind. Yeah. But essentially the Borg's job is to assimilate, yeah. to assimilate, everything and take the best parts of that civilization and as, and make it part of their hive mind and mm-hmm. so that's why the line comes we are the borg you will be assimilated I'm yeah sorry. because resistance is futile yeah because picard was assimilated in one of the episodes in i think season two nope season three slash four so okay the, so, yeah the last it was episode, a cliffhanger it was yeah. a cliffhanger episode season, last episode of season three into season four and, and which leads us into family data and company um, rescue him. So even Data has a relationship with the Borg, and even more so in First Contact, mm-hmm. where he really has a relationship with the Borg. They spend the night, I think? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen First Contact. Well, I mean, they kind of do. He gives her skin. Or she gives him skin. So, you know. Um, Does that have a euphemism? No, literally, she gives him <laughs> skin. Like, oh. he feels... It's, it's a really interesting scene. Anywho. Long story short is, John Luke Picard has a relationship with the Borg, I wasn't surprised that the Borg were going to come back. What I was surprised was that we're going to see this Borg cube right away. Um, because he he's always had this relationship. Since being assimilated, he has this kind of like ongoing relationship with it. And it was, to me, severed at the end of First Contact because of what happens in First Contact. I'm not going to spoil it anyway. But oh, basically, that. long story short is it's severed. So now that they're back, this is going to be interesting. So. But I don't think it's actually the Borg who are back. I think they... The Romulans took over this Borg ship that I'm guessing from, because um, you talk about the Queen. I'm pretty sure the actress who played hers in this isn't she. Oh, you're talking about Seven of Nine. Yeah, Seven of Nine is from Star Trek Voyager. Oh, okay. And um, she also is like Picard was assimilated mm-hmm. and then she has like the metal came stuff. back. Yeah. Um, but I actually don't follow Voyager, so yeah, I'm not really right. sure too much about that. Um, but what I do know is that. I'm more surprised about the Romulans finding the Borg cube or how that relationship is. Cause I want to see that. I just like you kind of said too, you're like, I want to know what that's all about. And I want to know what that's about too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's exciting yeah. though. It is exciting. I'm peeking this mic. I love nah, it. You, you switch positions. So you're not. Um, so I want to talk about, there's so many things that I love about this episode, but also there's a lot of, not just fan service, but subtle fan service that like, if you, if you do a deep dive, you're like, Oh, that's really cool. So at the end of Star Trek nemesis data's brother, um, which I think is like, is it B four or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Starts singing at the mm-hmm. end of Star Trek nemesis. Yeah. That same song mm-hmm. is carried mm-hmm. into the beginning. Like you mentioned yeah. in the intro. So great. Yeah. Like, but also the song itself is hugely metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, I'm not going to spoil it for any, anyone else that's listening or that wants to maybe investigate it, but if I were you, investigate that song. Mm-hmm. Check it out. I think there's a larger theme to it um, than what's than it just playing as a continuing thread. Yeah. But I thought, it was, what a great way to tie that thread in. Oh, so good. Um, I think it's really interesting that the show starts off with Jean-Luc and Data, two of the most prominent figures in the show, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, doing what they always do. And that is just spending time together, talking, and playing chess. 
And there's something that's really interesting about that. Don't yeah. Play, they don't play chess. Yeah, it's a chess game that they're playing. Because he's saying, I remember this. It's this move and this move. Or, I remember this, but it's you weren't here when this was happening. Because there, there's a game piece that's on the table. And it's like, a, uh-huh. it's a type of chess set. I don't know if it's chess exactly. But I'm noticing that, to me, it's... Um, whatever the game is it's it's very clear one side's black one side's white Mm -hmm. and i someone who like reads into images and metaphor and imagery it's this whole thing about data and his ongoing um journey of the binary right you're either human or you're not human why can't you be both and so good and evil as well and that's what i love about star trek the next generation is that it's about uniting civilizations Mm -hmm. right it's it's the whole part of the I forgot the name of it already. Uh, it's not Starfleet. It's the the code in which they live by. Oh, the uh, Prime Directive. The Prime Directive. Um, yeah, is is to just help. It's to help, but also to learn from other civilizations. And to not not interfere. Not interfere. Um, it's their mantra. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's another word for it. It is Prime Directive, but it's also just something else. Um, but regardless. What I love about it is that's kind of, that's the whole thing. It's not about black and white. And that's why I like Star Trek The Next Generation so much. And I think that's why a lot of communities and subcultures and cultures and sub-communities love this show because, or Star Trek The Next Generation because there's so much inclusivity in it of, it doesn't really matter who you are. It's what matters is that we're all part of a larger collective mm-hmm. and we're all trying to fight, figure out what is our purpose on this universe. And that's what I love. It's not planet. It's universe. Yeah. So it's just like, it's so freaking inclusive. And we've got Data and Picard playing this thing, having a good time. And this is where my first theory comes into play. As the episode progresses through, I realize more and more that we notice that Jean-Luc did not get married. Mm-hmm. We notice that Jean-Luc did not have any children. Yep. But he never, he didn't like children. He didn't really. But, you know, you're retired. You're, you're into the last or the third act of your life like Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and I've realized that Jean-Luc loves Data I think that like it's not a sexual love like it's not like a romantic love no it's It's, like a brotherly love it's a it's a family it's a family love it's it's their their kindred spirits yeah they have something that is so special between the two of them that I think when Data died Jean-Luc died too and him, I think yeah. Jean-Luc couldn't figure out his life afterwards. And I think there might be some fans who might think there's that's a romantic love thing. And I'm not here to speculate that or to say that that's a bad theory or it's a good theory. I'm just saying Jean-Luc loves Data. Mm-hmm. And I say loves because there's no real... You can't past tense it. You can no. still love someone even if they're yeah. dead. So I just think that's really... That's that's such a interesting thing that I you didn't really see in the show. But you saw towards the films. Especially when we got to First Contact and Nemesis. Mm-hmm. When we got to Nemesis specifically, I was like, holy shit. There's there's something there. Yeah, I think you see it a little bit in that episode with Bruce Maddock, like I was talking about. Measure of Man. Measure yeah. of Man. Yep. I think you really see like that connection that they have with each other heavily there. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, you see it with like, other characters a lot. Like mm-hmm. You see it a lot with uh, Jordy, and you see it a lot with Riker. Yep. Um, you obviously see it with... Uh, longer who dies in the first season i can't remember anymore. the one that he, ah, he yes. ha, uh, uploaded his files to <laughs> um i love what we're saying that but yeah like i think everyone 
thought of him as a person and a part of that this family that they create on the yeah. ship, right? Yeah. Um, but what's interesting to me is that this these things happen, and instead of going to his friends, he does it alone, which yes. is different for Picard because he always had people around him to give advice when he needed it and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But this, he was just like, I'm going to do it. Yes. And that was very weird. And I think we'll get that reason. Yeah, I'm sure I th- we will. I, I hope we do. Because I agree with you. And that's the one thing that was so uncharacteristic about seeing Jean-Luc in this episode was him not going to his team. Yeah. But then again, he left Starfleet. Yeah. So maybe... I don't know. I just think that's such a really interesting plot point. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I really liked about The Next Generation, and in this particular, this episode, which I hope still stays with the theme, is that The Next Generation did such a good job of making themes universal. So if you go back and you watch Next Generation in 2020, you'll notice that those same social issues and themes are still present in in those episodes. And mm-hmm. so it's a timeless series in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. And what I love about this first episode right off the bat and during the interview we have this reporter saying, like, why would you help Romulans? Mm-hmm. Like, they're Romulans. And he says, no, they're people. And I was like, Jean-Luc! Tell it how it is. Yes! And, again, like, what are we talking about? We're talking about mass immigration. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's an issue in 2020. That's always going to be an issue. Um, we're talking about xenophobia. Mm-hmm. We're talking about mass hysteria around xenophobia and misinformation and how mass media plays into that xenophobia. Mm-hmm. Like, so clever. Like, again, mm-hmm. it's, I, that's why I really enjoy The Next Generation and why I think a lot of people um, like it as well. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I just really enjoyed that. Yeah. So I really like that touch. Um, and also, the comment on Starfleet. Starfleet is not Starfleet anymore. I think really, t- it really hones in on the theme to me about what monolithic institutions can be when they are unchecked for so long and they become these pillars of tradition mm-hmm. that may not be good and need to be reassessed and reexamined and challenged. Mm-hmm. Um, because if they stay stagnant forever, how can they help? Yeah. Or do they help? I don't know. It's just such an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And we talked about John Luke and data being kindred spirits and the daughter of data. I think that's the th- thing to me. Uh, what dr- is going to drive this show and I'm so excited for it because when Nemesis ended there was no piece of Data left so there's so many questions how does Data's um, memory um, and sp- I guess in a lot of ways his soul or his essence get passed into these two children you know I th- I think there's they're going to explain it through Nemesis uh, my theory is because you know how Data uploaded himself into before. Yes. I think that's how Bruce probably, or I think Maddox. Yeah. I think he maybe got a hold of him because you actually see before taken apart. Yes, you do. I think that he took Data's essence from that neural net, whatever was last of it, because he only needed a piece of it. Yes. And then he recreated them. I think you're right. And I also think that we're going to see before getting put back together. Yeah. I think before was dismantled. Dismantled, I put in air quotes. Mm hmm. Um, but it's not really dismantled. No, I, I don't think it's going to happen right away. I think no. it'll happen towards the end of the season. But yeah. I don't know why you wouldn't, because Data is such a good character. And like watching him in that poker game at the start, I was just like, you have not missed a step in acting. And one thing that, you know, as I mean, maybe Star Trek fans will 
tar and feather me. As much as, like, the Star Trek are kind of hokey and, like, not the best acted, they always were amazing actors. Yeah. Like, this Star Trek cast was always so good, like, with mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Stewart. You had the guy who played Data. I'm actually, sorry, I don't know names. Ren Um, Yep. Uh, Riker was a good actor. Like, he actually showed emotion like crazy. Yeah. You had um, Lamar Burton, who was amazing in her role. I didn't really like him in Nemesis because, like, he, they got rid of the face mask and gave him, like, eye things. That it's, was the, it's the evolution of those yeah. things. But And I totally get where you're coming from with that. Um, and, like, the counselor was great. Um, um, the doctor, oh, Crusher. And even Will Wheaton was good. Um, yeah. Right? Like, I think that these actors are so amazing and, like, they're still so amazing. Like, uh, Sir Patrick Stewart, mm-hmm. like, when I look for, like, epitome of acting, I look at him as being one of those actors. Like, yeah, he, no matter what he's in, he always gives his all. He always shows, like, if it's only kind of okay acting in the mm-hmm. thing, he'll elevate the movie anyways because... His acting is so good. Yeah, and to me, when it was first announced that Picard was coming, John Luke was coming back as a character, and then the show was going to be called Picard. Um, when the Next Generation ended, it was very clear that Patrick Stewart did not want to come back to this character, unless there was a good reason to. And so I think that's my hope mm-hmm. in watching the first couple episodes is that we'll see why he came out of retirement of this character and came back into it. And even as a performer, it's so, I can only imagine it being so much fun to be, you're you're this pivotal character, this almost cultural touchstone, and you go away from it. You can't help but want to play with the idea of like going back into that role again. Yeah. And what I love about it is that we're going back into the role and it's not the same person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not this person who's going to, you know, get into fights and punch and use a phaser and, and, you know, yell and scream and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's now, it's like, oh, there are now limitations. Yeah. And so this is my thing about this show that, um, the last little piece I want to do on this deep dive is I would like to see this as one season. I don't want to see it as many seasons. It is though. And it is going to be, which is fine, whatever. But to me, um, I think the best way, in my opinion, to say goodbye to this beautiful, rich character is to go on one last voyage. And to me, this is the last voyage is that, you know, we've already lost uh, one character already. And the fact that we know that Jean-Luc is kind of living this half-life without data this whole time out of retirement. Um, and he's still helping people, right? Like the mm-hmm. people that are his caregivers at, at the Chateau Picard are Romulans. And, you know, he still does... He lives the Starfleet code, you know, the prime directive. And I just think it makes sense for him to, whatever this mission is going to be, to find the daughter, Mm -hmm. the last remaining daughter, um, that whatever it is, it's his last mission. Yeah. And and to me, I think that's, you got to end it like that. How many seasons is that? To me, I think you could do it in one. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's a good reason to stretch it out. Yeah. I mean, they've already been picked up for a second. So the network obviously loves. And Whoopi Goldberg is coming back for the second season, uh, which I'm like, Oh man, Gaia. Great. Yeah. What a great character. Oh yeah. Such a good character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I, my last thing for, at least for Sir Patrick Studer, like he didn't miss a beat. Like he came back and he was still Jean-Luc Picard. Mm -hmm. Like 
after that much time, it's very easy to get lost in the weeds of like what it should be now. But he really kept that very, maybe not in the movies because the movies did become more actiony mm-hmm. for him. Like, but oh, during the sure. show, he didn't really go on missions, right? So he was yeah. all just strategic and like that's who he is. He's like maybe a little more emotionally charged yeah. than before, but also just like that very calm, collected, like logical kind of person. Yeah. So even more so, I think, yeah, in this because we know that he's towards the latter part of his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, one quote that I found in one of the reviews, which was great, was um, coming back to Picard and the next generation is like a nice glass of refreshing Earl Grey tea. Hot. Piping hot. Um, I love that. Yeah, and, and so for people that don't know, that is his tea of choice whenever he would get it again. from the replicator. It was Earl Grey. Hot. hot. Ah, I did it! Yes, I did it! There you go. But yeah, like, it just, I don't know, like, as soon as, like, I saw it, I was like, yes, like, this, even though I'm kind of watching it right now, it brought back all the memories from when I was young. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. I was like, what, 4-ish yeah. when this came out? And I yeah. watched every episode yeah. of all seven seasons. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was... Yeah. Although, it's not Earl Grey anymore, it's decaf. Decaf. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Um, can't can't be rocking that caffeine at those hours anymore, dog. Um, I guess the last thing I have for my deep dive of it yeah. is that um, Picard has enough nods to the next generation uh, lore to signal that diehard fans will enjoy this series. But uh, you don't need that much of an understanding of what happened before to understand why this is a good show. Yeah. Um, it doesn't lean too heavily into nostalgia yet, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not enough to overwhelm what's going to be a great story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will probably make you understand a little more, but it's just like the Mandalorian, right? Like, yeah. if you know all the references and nods they do, you might get things a little more, but mm-hmm. you're still going to get that great story along the way. Uh, yeah, and I'm noticing a common thread of the three shows we've done so far of just this kind of lone warrior, and I think... I wonder if there's subconsciously a coincidence between us picking three male protagonists that are at a crossroads with their identity. I think we picked three shows that were coming out that we actually wanted to watch. But, but if you think about it, though, all three of those characters yeah. are struggle with the concept of who they are or yeah. their code. And yeah, actually, all three of them yeah. break the code. Yes. Um, oh! so I guess with Picard, I think it's going to be less Lone Warrior because I think he gets a crew together. I, I do believe he gets a crew together. I mean, to- so does Mandalorian though. So I mean, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but at the end of the day, it, it, it's his journey. Like yeah. I do think there'll be an ensemble, um, uh, from what I've seen from the trailers, like seven of nine, I think is part of the ensemble. Yep. So is but uh, Allison Angie. Pill yeah. is part of the ensemble. Dr. Angie, yeah. as well as another dude. Like a pilot and a Vulcan, I yeah. think. And... Um, oh, I wish it was Worf. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's, to me, the interesting thing is that, like, yeah, I just want to know how many seasons we're, we're planning here, and I also want to know where is this going. Yeah, so and, far it's two. I don't know. I guess we can see how this season goes, but I don't see it going more than one season, or two it, seasons. Is it an Amazon original show, or is it no, a... CBS. It's a CBS show. So it's a network TV. Yeah. Um, That's always the scary thing, because they want to go seven. They'll always go seven. 
I don't think they're gonna go seven. I hope. I think not. that they'll go two, maybe three. Yeah. If it's like compelling enough mm-hmm. to do that, mm-hmm. uh, and then they might do a movie. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so I think I, it's interesting. That's all we needed. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you said though about uh, reading that review about um, you don't have to be a fan to watch the show. I I would say to an extent, I think you don't need to, because um, at the end of the day, it's about someone going on one last voyage. Mm-hmm. But it certainly makes it a bit more of a, a richer story. Yeah, I think if you if you just watch if you just watch Nemesis. I think really that's all you need to do. Yeah. Just watch Nemesis and then boom, you're caught up. Yeah. Essentially. And I know that there's like, I mean, there's a list all of the internet of like showing 10 episodes that you should watch. Yeah. Which include family, which include uh, the assimilation with the board. Yeah. Which include... Measure of a Man. Is Measure of a Man. I imagine so, yeah. Um, and then there's like a bunch of seasons seven. Ones oh, totally. That to Nemesis. Like, but there's not so much that it would take you more than an afternoon to catch up on all those episodes and get right into the show. Yeah. I mean, if only there was, like, a show that could have done this episode recap for you I to know, help right? you understand this show. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh! <laughs> oh, that was me! <laughs> oh, I think that brings us to a really good part towards us wrapping it. Uh, yeah, so actually one thing I didn't mention at oh. the beginning that I want to start doing more is uh, the episode was called uh, Remembrance. Yeah. Um, it was directed by uh, Hanel... Pepper? Yes, that is accurate. Uh, with the screenplay by uh, Akiva Goldman and James Duff, with a story by, again, uh, Akiva Goldman and Michelle Chabon, Kristen Bayer, uh, Alex Kutzman, and James Duff. Yeah. Um, I think giving them props, because, like, they've already got me so engaged. Just like The Mandalorian did, right? Yeah. Like, that first episode got me so pumped for the next one. Yeah. And that's what this is doing. And that's what you need to do if you're going to release something week to week. And that reminds me too, I, like we, we said we we're going to mention it, so maybe we'll mention it really quickly, is I think what's really interesting about the show so far, and I'm glad that it's going well, is that it's had a very tumultuous um, start. Mm-hmm. Um, Michael Chibom is the showrunner for this show, and he left because of creative differences, and then they hired him back halfway through. So I'm hoping now that, you know, his name is in the first credit for the first episode, maybe we'll see it for episodes one, two, and three, and then we'll might see lose what happens. For like three or four episodes. And then he comes come back, back again. So it, it's interesting, and, and I think if you wanted to do your own little research and deep dive on it, it it's a very, it's very chronicled how hard it was to get the show off the ground but also just the production of the show as well yeah um well because this was originally planned for like 2018 yes i uh, know yeah they there was so much negotiation with uh sir patrick stewart yep that they actually had to delay it as well yeah um they delayed shooting i think for like a year yeah just because yeah, yeah, there yeah. was like contract negotiations and stuff like that because yeah. he's also the executive producer yes on the show so as as is kind of most most cable access and not even cable access just specialty channels or streaming services now most of the protagonists or the big stars that are in the show are mm-hmm. the executive producers now yeah. it's just like standard practice now yeah i think it's how you make work for yourself yeah in a way in a way yeah uh i guess that's always like if you direct and star so you're saying we're executive producers on this podcast yes well i guess you're the executive producer because you don't actually do anything. Yes. I'm the producer because I do all the back end. You're right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I'm like I'm jazzed and I'm stoked yeah. for this show to like yeah pick up and I really hope that it goes off this first episode and has learned from you know the Mandalorian and not we all have weird bottle episodes that don't <laughs> matter. Yeah. So I really hope that we just full speed ahead into 
a great story. Hell yeah. Um, and a great wrap up for this awesome character. Yeah. It's going to be good. I think if we see more number one, I'm probably going to cry. I'm sure number one will pop in every so God often. God damn it. I love that dog. Yeah. All right. So I think that is where we're going to end it. Yeah. We already thank you for listening, but I should turn it over to Ben because he's better at this. Thanks for listening to the Cooperators Reviewers Couch. You can catch us on social media. You can catch us on email. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. We release every Wednesday, like we said before. we got some new projects in the works, so please look out for those. We Mm -hmm. will post about those on social media when they go live. Yeah. Um, Other than that, we're calling this episode... Make it so. He doesn't say it, but like I want him to say it. (laughs) I want him to say it the whole episode. I was going to call it Engage. I'm engaged? No, it's like what he says whenever he like goes to work. Oh, I mean, I, I can be if you want <laughs> me to. Uh, oh, I mean, is, I that, wait, is that a sexual thing? Is it? Oh, jeez. Oh, my oh, God. Okay. Uh, All right. Thanks to Warp 9, number oh, one. Oh, yeah. Make it so. Engage. <laughs> I understand now. Okay, okay. I get it, I get it. Oh, wait. Meme? Oh, yeah, meme. Okay, meme. So you can just erase all that other part right there. Is it? Right. <laughs> Okay, so this meme uh, from Reddit user, oh, and then sums, yeah. with the letter N, then sums, um, their, their post is, uh, it has to be decaf nowadays, though, and it's a picture that says, uh, I assume it's from the States, and it just says, vote Earl Grey, which I dig. I think it's funny. Yeah. You might not find it funny because like it's a that. visual one. But I yeah. find it funny. Um, I find it hilarious. And my question is... Oh, well, we're going to actually end it here. Oh. Uh, so, again, thank you for listening to the Cooperate Ears Reviewers Woo-hoo. Couch. Um, and what we're actually going to call this episode... A New Beginning. I knew that. Because that's what this was called. I have a question, though. Do dogs travel in space? No dogs on the moon. I will never leave you. Oh, don't say that!